Thank you for listening to Fearless LA. We believe that where love is greater, fear is less. Tune in today to hear a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Jeremy Johnson. I'm excited about preaching this to you today. And uh, I'm excited that, that Jesus on the cross didn't say, I am finished. Even, even though that's what the enemy thought, that's, you know, when the last nail went in his hand, the, the last breath that came out of his lungs, he must have said, I am finished. I mean, we, we've been working on Jesus for a while. We got him, Jesus, tough man to kill, but we did it. And it, it must have been the disciples also who thought he said, I am finished, because after the cross, the disciples who left everything to follow Jesus ran. They went back to their lives. They, they, they gave up everything. They left their business. They left their families. And they followed him day in and day out, out under the stars, being rejected, being despised. They, they ditched him in the hour of his greatest need. In fact, Jesus, at the greatest pinnacle of his life, was not followed by thousands or adored by thousands. Only three stood at the cross left with him. I mean, millions everywhere he would go. There was people everywhere. They'd fill up hillsides, and they could not fit in buildings to get in a room where Jesus was speaking. And if you wanted to get close to Jesus, and it was past 12, <laughs> the time when they started, you weren't getting in by normal means. In fact, one time they cut a hole in the roof and lowered their friend in just to get him next to Jesus. Everywhere Jesus went, there were thousands, I mean, throngs of people. In fact, the woman with the issue of blood who, who touched Jesus and healing came out of his body and Jesus turns around and he, he said, who touched me? And you got to picture that moment. The disciples look at Jesus and said, Jesus, everyone touched you. There are thousands here. We can barely get through this crowd. Everywhere Jesus went, it was packed. But on the hill called Golgotha, which meant place of the skull, Jesus was only there with three. That should be some news to you that sometimes at the pinnacle of your call with God, you may not have everyone shouting that you're going the right way. You may not have everyone whispering your praises. You may not have everyone having your back. But just know that as long as God has your back, you don't need man to have your back. That God's for you. God has a destiny for you. And your destiny with God may lead you to less Instagram followers than more. And on that moment, when they thought he said, I am finished, he didn't say that. He said, it is finished. What's it? What is the it that was finished? I, I don't know what the it is for you. I know what the it is for me, and I'm still discovering those because I'm still alive in this sinful body. I'm still living every day, waking up, having to deal with me. You, you know you, you know, not, not the church you, not, not the Easter Sunday you, not the I got my cute hat you. You, you, you know, you, that's a hat right there, baby. That's an that's a Easter hat. If I've ever, and that's a, we got a lot of great Easter hats. Not you, not you looking nice you. You know the you that you afraid to admit at church. You know the you that, that we won't get real today and reveal the real you. The it in our life. What is your it? Because on the cross... I don't know if you heard him either because he didn't say he was finished. He said, 
it is finished. And the it we keep bringing up and saying, God, I can't know you because of it. I wish I could come to you, but it is too difficult to come to you how I am. I wish I could love you, but it came upon me last night again out of nowhere. Maybe your it is in your present. Maybe your it is in your future. Maybe your it is in your past. I, I, don't, I don't know if what it is for you. Maybe you're here and you say, I would love him, but it that's coming in the future. What if I fail and go back to it? then I shouldn't even begin in the first place I, because I don't know if I can live that kind of life. And, and, and here's what God is inviting you to. God is not inviting you to be good. I know that's our thought. Religion. He's inviting me into religion. No, that's dead. God is inviting you into relationship. And he, and he cannot have a relationship with a dead person. So God's not inviting you to be good. Because my Jesus hung out with really bad people. <laughs> my Bible says he hung out with notorious sinners and tax collectors. You know those tax collectors. I'm just kidding. <laughs> right? If you're a tax collector, we love you. Just don't tell anyone. <laughs> right? I mean, he's hung out with notorious sinners, prostitutes. When, when, when the woman comes and she's washing his feet with her hair, the disciples go, do you know who that woman is? Meaning to... That woman's a, a woman of the night. Like she has said, you should not let her touch you. Jesus is not afraid of us not being good. But you cannot have a relationship with someone who's dead. Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people live. When I was 19 years old, I had been to church my whole life. And I was trying to be good, trying to worship just right, trying to pray just right, trying to make people see the good sides of me, not the bad sides of me. Answering altar calls about the good things that I've gone through and wanting people to see. If anyone pointed out the bad, I was embarrassed because I was dead. But when I was 19 years old, I said yes to Jesus and he traded me my death for his life. You see, God wants to judge Jesus as if he lived our lives so that he can judge us as if we live Jesus's life when God sees me he sees his son in me and he wants to take care of your it this word it is finished it is not just present it and in fact the original language this word is a unique word because it does not just cover present circumstances this word it is finished is it was finished it is finished and it will be finished it's a it's a circular it's a lifelong it is finished it, it means that the lamb was slain before the foundations of the world come on you church folk who have heard that before meaning that before you accepted it it was done for you and when you accepted it it was done for you and tomorrow when you mess up again it will be ready for you because it covers your past Oh, come on, I got five sermons. I'm preaching better than you. It covers your past, your present, and your... Come on, you ought to praise him right now. I think some of us are, are holding back because of it, or it, or it. But if it is finished, not he is finished, then we can praise him right in the middle of it. 
You know, you look at these people that are shouting and stuff like that, you're like, man, that must be that perfected person. They, they're really awesome. They, they really got church down. No, no. When, when you see someone shout, it's because they're shouting because their it is bigger than your it. When you got a big it, you're like, man, praise God. If you just forgave me a little it, then I, I wouldn't shout much. I'd probably just kind of sit kind of cold and still. But you should see what God set free in my life. There was a lot of it in my past. There's a lot of it in my present. And I'm worried about that it that's coming in my future. So I'll give God praise. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I'm only white on the outside. Sorry. <laughs> Praise God. It is finished. This word on the cross when he said this was, 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 was a mathematical term. In fact, this is kind of an awkward moment for people that were there. It's the sixth thing Jesus said. He just keeps making these weird statements. And, and then he goes, it is finished. It was actually not a, not a sad word. It was a happy word. I mean, most people that died on the cross are cursing out the people that are crucifying them. They're angry. They're, they're mad at God. And here goes Jesus. It is finished. It was, it was an exciting word. In fact, the words, it is finished, was a mathematical phrase that tax collectors would stamp at the end of your payment of all that you owed. It was what the paper you left with to prove that you didn't know anything else on your taxes. He shouted out this word, it's finished. You see, most people, when they heard that, it's finished, they celebrated. No more worry, no more fear. No, I don't owe the Roman government anything. I've paid every debt, every bill. Jesus was shouting from the cross, all your debt? Anybody have any debt? Not now, not, not, not anyone, right? When I was in college, I had a lot of debt. I mean, I was, I was, I was debt ridden. You know, those commercials that come on and say, you can put five card cards together and now you can be out of debt, but just into one debt company. And those would get my attention because one day in college, I got tired of, I would take my shirts down. If I had a shirt that was nice or whatever, I'd go down to this place called Buffalo Exchange. Crossroads. If, if you don't know about these places, it's awesome. You take your clothes there. If they don't smell, if the person's nice, they'll give you money in exchange. You can either buy more clothes, praise God, or, or you can get money. And so we would get money. I'd get a new shirt, but then I'd get a little money back. I'd go get a taco at Taco Bell. My favorite jam at Taco Bell was those, those fire burritos. I think they're called that. Those hot and spicy burritos. I'd put potatoes in it. Anybody hungry right now? I'm getting hungry just thinking about it. And I was, and I was a luxury meal. When I was in college, man, we're not eating at the dorm. That food, you know, we're, we're going to Taco Bell. And we go to Taco Bell. And, you know, I was just making it. Every day I was just making it, ringing up a debt that I, that I was like, God, how am I going to pay this back? And one day I got a magical card in the mail. Had my name on it. It was like Mr. Jeremy Johnson. And it, and it was a credit card. And, and I opened it and I started reading about it. And it had this little thing on the bottom corner. No matter how much you ring up, all you have to do is pay this minimum payment, and you'll be okay. And so I thought that was an awesome thing. I was at a surf shop one time, and I had my credit card. I was burning a hole in my pocket. I kept buying stuff for people, and I was paying the minimum payment, so I was doing what I needed to do. And I was in a surf shop, living by the ocean, and I saw a snowboard. I don't know why I need a snowboard. I don't even have a car to go to the snow, but I just saw it, and I felt like it was talking to me, and I was needing to have it. And so I bought that snowboard. It was a great deal, $250. 
And for the next six years, I paid the minimum payment on that $250. You know how much that came out to? $6,000. You see, since Adam, we owed a debt we couldn't pay. And the enemy got us to buy into, you can do religion, and you can pay the minimum payment on something you can never achieve. So we worked ourselves into a fit, paying the minimum payment. Happy, but still nervous. Happy, but still got all this. And since Adam, you, I wonder how much that debt had rung up to. And Jesus stands on the cross, and he goes, hey, it is finished. No more minimal payment. No more religion. No more, no more working. No more working to please me. Look, I paid the debt. You couldn't pay. It's not just finished for everyone from Adam to here. It's not just finished for these Roman soldiers who are crucifying me to this cross. It's finished for all those who are going to come to Fearless from 2018 on. It is finished. How good does it feel for Jesus to pay all? And here we are. I'll just hold on to this. I'll let you pay all that, but I'm just going to let this accrue more interest. No, give it all to him. Let him have it all. God, I'll give you this, but I'm going to work to earn your grace on this. No, no, no. My grace is sufficient. I have enough to pay it all. I said it is finished. Come on. You ought to just wave that note around and let the devil know, man, I had a lot of stuff he was paying for, but it is finished. It is finished. What was finished? I love the wording that, that, starts, that starts coming to pass it, uh, throughout this. And, and, and I always thought, you know, why? And I want to read Ephesians chapter 1. Why, why did God wait so long to send Jesus? If Jesus was already prepared before anything ever happened, why did God wait till, till the place in history that he chose? I want to read you something. I want you to see this. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 it says this in him Jesus we have redemption someone say redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of our sins the word sin I know it's become a word that we're afraid of but it simply means missing the mark have you have you ever aimed and missed the mark okay good we're all in good company we're all sinners saved by grace. The forgiveness of missing the mark. In accordance with the riches of God's grace. So God said, I have enough grace to cover what's happening through my redemption. He lavished on us. I love that word. He just like slapped it on. With all wisdom and understanding. And he made known the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure. Which he purposed in Christ. Now watch this. To be put into effect, this is, gonna, this is what going to answer our question, when the times will have met their, reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and earth together to one head, even Christ Jesus. In him we are also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity to his purpose and his will. I love this part in verse 10. It says, it says uh, to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment. In other words, Jesus came when time was ready for him to come. Jesus was waiting to come deliver us until time had met its fulfillment, that there is a time for everything. And in fact, Jesus died on time at the right time 
so that we could understand what he was trying to say. So that what heaven was saying would be understood on earth. And then he uses this word redemption. Redemption. That word is used all over. Follow this. Follow me on this. Follow me on this. This word redemption is used. Um, in 1 Corinthians 6.20, uh, it's used in a, it doesn't say the word redemption, but it's the same original word. It says this, for we are bought with a price. Somebody say, I've been bought with a price. Titus 2.14 says it this way. He who gave himself for us to redeem. Somebody say redeem. redeem. Come on, that's that same word. Redemption, redeem. From all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own. To your neighbor say, I'm, I'm God's. Yes. Ephesians 1.7 says, in him we have redemption. Are you seeing a word that's kind of popping up a lot? Through his blood and the forgiveness of sins. Hebrews 9.12 said he did not enter by means of blood and goats or calves, but he entered the most holy place once and for all with his own blood, having attained eternal redemption. There's that word. Wow, that word just keeps popping up everywhere. It's just like redemption, redeem, redemption. Uh, and now, now you're remembering all these verses. First uh, Corinthians 6.19. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you? Whom you have received from God? You are not your very own. You were bought or redeemed with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. I, I want to I I open this up because in church, we kind of get used to church. We get used to verses, and then we just don't even read the word how it's being read because we've heard it all, we know it all, and, and we really know nothing Be, because, because knowledge is just knowledge until it becomes wisdom. We need, to, we need to start gathering. We need to start asking the Holy Spirit, show me why the Bible is saying these things. I keep seeing that whenever I see a word over and over again, I just start asking questions. Here's what I want to encourage you. Gone are the days where we just hear a, a nice speaker preach in, a, in a, a sermon once a week, and we get a nice meal called the Word, and we walk away full, and then we come back the next way to get another one. And if, if, we, if we failed in the week, we go through something in the week, we've got to find our pastor, hurry, and get another word. Look, you are the priest of your home. You have been given the same access to this Bible as I have. God doesn't see me as a pastor. He sees me as a son. And guess how he sees you? As sons and daughters. And so when I'm reading the Bible, I read it like a son. I'm reading these, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I try to put myself as, as my kids do. They ask a lot of questions. They keep asking questions about everything. I'm like, I answer one question, there's another question. Then I answer that question, there's another. Brave is in this thing where he can ask you 100 questions and still ask you more questions. He's trying to learn. So when you come to the Word, it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to go, God, why does it say redeem? What have I been bought out of? What is all this about? Remember, Jesus came at the right time to help us understand something. And now we got to go back to when Jesus came. Jesus came to a first century Jewish world. At the same time, the Roman Empire was being built. These are the people that killed Jesus. Jesus died on a cross. we, we got to take all of this stuff into consideration. Jesus didn't die in a death chamber. He didn't die of a mass shooting. He died in this era. What was God trying to tell us through how Jesus died and what this means to us? This word, redemption, keeps coming up. Well, I looked up the original word. The original word is split into two words. The first word means to purchase a person out of a slave market. Okay, that's weird. The next word means to buy back through payment of ransom. 
So these two words keep coming up. God purchased us back. He pulled us out of the slave market and he bought us as a ransom. Number one, I want, I want you to understand the word ransom. You do, not, you do not get ransomed for something that's not yours. I want you to think about that because I, I know some of us feel like God doesn't know us. He doesn't love us. How can I be related to God? Well, God's saying, I ransomed you. Look, if someone calls me today and says, I have a little kid. Their name's Johnny. I need you to empty out every bank account you have and you're gonna give me everything you have and, and this is my ransom for you. I, you know, I, as a good person, I, I would say, man, I, I really wanna help Johnny, but I probably wouldn't go immediately to my bank account. I probably would first look for other options because Johnny isn't mine. But if Lyric was the person on the block, Oh, I'm not looking for anybody else to help me. I'm saying, what do you want? Anything you want, there's nothing that I have that is too great because that's my kid. God is trying to reveal something. First, he's trying to say, I ransomed you. In other words, every time the devil tries to lie to you and say, you are not a child of God, you say, well, there is no one on God's green earth that ransoms anything that is not theirs. And if God ransomed me, then I must be his. And you know he didn't empty out the bank accounts in heaven. He didn't empty out a few angels. and He didn't pick up one of the bricks from heaven and say, okay, here you go. He goes, the only thing that we'll do is our most valuable possession. I'm sending the glory of heaven. I'm sending my son. Empty all of it. Send him out. That will be the payment. And number two, he's rescued you from the slave market. I need my slaves to come today. Come here. I've brought in some slaves. And I just, I brought them in. And I know that. I know that, you know, slavery still exists in our world. Sex trafficking, different things, and, and, and some of the different tensions because of the slavery that existed in our world that was horrible, but it didn't start there. You need to know that in this century where Jesus was, there were slaves. In fact, most wealthy people owned or two or three of them, and in fact, many of the people in the Bible that God used, some of them were slaves, and they would have people that had been captured. If you were a slave, you might have been a prisoner of war. You might have been captured in war by another army. Or if you were a slave, you, you, could, have been, you could have been someone that committed a crime. In fact, the two, the, two, the two people that died next to Jesus were both slaves. In fact, the cross was a slave's death. It was how they killed slaves. In fact, if a slave committed a crime... They would first scourge them. In other words, if, if, if you've understood how Jesus died, they, they whipped him or scourged him. And then they would, they would nail him to the cross. They, it, was, it was an embarrassment for the slave to carry wood around their neck. So they marched Jesus with the wood on his neck. They nailed him to the cross. He died a slave's death. See, I, I, know, I know to us this is a religious thing. This is, no, no, this, this back then... They would have understood this different. When they said the word redeemed, all of a sudden they would have thought a slave market. Wow. In the middle of the city, there was this dirty place that people would go, and you almost felt embarrassed to go there, but it, but it was where you had to go if you wanted to purchase a slave. And, and for a slave, I mean, we've put these garbs on them and stuff, but this, they didn't have new, new J's or anything like that. They, you know, the, the slaves back then, in fact, they didn't wear clothes. I mean, obviously, we didn't want to do that to you today, and... That would be awkward in church, but they, they, were, they were naked. And if they weren't naked, you had full right, if you even wanted to check one out, 
Like last night I went to uh, Zara, I got this amazing shirt, and as long as I leave the tags on it, I can, I can you know, wear it and then take it back, praise God. Right? But, but if, in, in case you wanted to try out a slave, you could. Because they weren't a person, they were an item. They were a commodity. And so, so and you guys can turn those around and put those on your neck. And, and what they would do also is, the, is they would write, write stuff about them. Maybe, maybe some attributes they had or some things that they think why you would want to buy this one. But they would also have to make available to you any defects they had. If they had a defect and you found out and that you weren't warned, then you could return your slave and get your money back and keep your slave because the slave master would have lied to you. And so they would write on these slaves. And as people would come through the slave market, you could imagine like, like our local market down here, it was a normal thing. They would come through and, and they would, they, if they wanted to test the slave or pick on them or punch them or abuse them, they could do anything they wanted to find out could this slave handle being abused at home. In fact, some, some of the men at that time would not abuse their wife. They would abuse their slave. They wouldn't yell at their kids. They would turn, if they're angry at their kids, they would yell at their slave. And so they would have to test them. They would rip out their beard. They, they, would, they would slap them. They would see, could they handle themselves? This one's lazy. Oh, they say, you're lazy, huh? Well, I better get a good price for your lazy. And they would just yell at And if the slave said anything back, he would be beaten right there. Jesus says, I've saved you out of the slave market. I came to buy you back. Can you imagine as, as Jesus is saying this to these people, the reason why Jesus came when he came is to help us unlock something in our minds of what it meant for him to come get us out. He said, I know the devil's been putting on, I know he says you're lazy. I know he says you're rebellious. I know he says because you're fatherless, you will not become anything. I know he says you're selfish and a failure. I know he says you're lazy and unlovable. I know he says those things about you. I know he's hung that around your neck, but I came to buy you back. He stole you. And I came and I emptied heaven to purchase you. So you no longer have to stand in these chains. You no longer have to be tortured with these words. I came to buy you out of your fatherlessness, out of your selfishness, out of your failure. Out of I know they said you're lazy. But I came to, to purchase you. Please come down from that stand. Please, please come down from what they said about you. You're not unlovable. I'm not mad at you. I'm madly in love with you. I don't care what they said. You know why they said that about you? Because you're not theirs. But you're mine. Come down from these stands. You know what Jesus did? Is he became a slave. You know the cross was a slave's death. In fact, everything about the cross is symbolism of a slave's death. If a slave was not very smart, you would put a dunce hat on him. So people knew, don't use this one for anything you need wisdom for. What did Jesus wear on his head? A crown of thorns. In fact, a slave, if they ran away, they would break their legs so they could never work again. So they could never run away again. You know what's crazy about the cross? On every cross except for Jesus's, they broke the person's legs. But not Jesus. Because Jesus wasn't running away. 
He said, it is finished. Paid in full. Your debt has been paid. Devil. You can't put them on the slave market anymore. Because they're not for sale. Come here. Come here. I'm giving this back to you. I paid for it. And it had you in your past. But because of what I did in the present, I got your past covered. I got your present covered. And I got your future. I want you to come stand behind this. I want you to come stand behind this. And yeah, you used to be lazy. And you used to be unlovable. But I want to let the world know what is finished. Your fatherlessness is finished. Your selfishness is finished. Your laziness is finished. Your rebelliousness is finished. Now God doesn't see you as you used to be. He sees you through who I am. See, I want people to not see you in who you used to be. But I don't want you to get rid of who you used to be. I want you to hold it. But now it won't be shame. It will be power. See, this is called your testimony. When people see, man, you should be, you should be here, but you're like, well, because of Jesus, I'm going to do it. And you know what we keep doing? We keep going, God, I'm going to earn it out here. Thank you for that, but I'm going to come out here and earn it through my worship. I'm going to come out and earn it from being a good person. And God goes, as long as you're out here, all that everyone gets to see is this. But the moment you get behind my grace, you see, this, this thing that we're doing is not a it's not a thing that we earn it's a position we stand in either you position yourself with religion and me myself and I or you position yourself with what God did on the cross I don't stand up here and preach because I'm perfect I stand up here and preach because he is perfect and I'm standing behind him in his grace in his love in his You know, two things they would do for a slave. See, then now, now we're slaves to righteousness. Paul said, I'm slave to righteousness. I'm a slave to this because I don't want to be a slave to that. But God no longer calls you slaves. He calls you sons. You know the two ways if a person purchased a slave that they could set them free? Number one, they had to die. Maybe Jesus had to die on the cross not to just pay for your sin so that you wouldn't even be owned by him. So that you would go free. You know how else they they got you freedom? Is they would write your name in the Roman book of censorship. Doesn't your Bible say my my name has been written in the Lamb's book of life? You see, what God was trying to tell you is I've given you freedom. Look, look, I've given you freedom. I've given you freedom. Leave all that stuff behind. I've given you freedom. You used to be a slave to what you used to be a slave to, to it. But I finished it on the cross. And Jesus' followers caught this. You know why I know? Because they knew he didn't die on accident. You know, in the garden when they came to arrest Jesus and Peter cuts off a guard's ear. And Jesus looks at Peter and Grabs the ear, puts it back on. He goes, dude, those who live by the sword die by the sword. He's like, but just so you know, I could have called 72,000 angels and they would have came and saved me. They could not take me if it wasn't his will. I mean, Jesus knew what he was doing. Every moment, everything was a symbol to us that he was being judged as us so we could be judged as him. But Jesus' followers saw him different than we see him a lot of times. 
I, I know that because of how they painted him. You ever seen this painting of Jesus? You know that Jesus didn't die with clothes on? He didn't die with that little towel on him? He was naked. At first I thought, oh, well, they just want to, you know, put Jesus naked. That would be awkward, you know. Well, they didn't care about that. All their paintings and pictures were naked people. I mean, you got David, he's naked. There wasn't a fig leaf there. I mean, they, they painted people naked all the time. It was, it was normal to paint. It was more normal to paint him naked with, than with clothes. So why did his followers paint him with this on him? You know, the only slave that wore this outfit was the gladiators. Look, I got a picture of some gladiators just so you can believe me. The warriors, the warrior slaves would wear this outfit. You see, the people that painted Jesus realized Jesus was not weak. He was a warrior. I know you've seen him naked, but I didn't see him naked. I saw him with his war garment on. I didn't see him coming in weakness. I seen him come in, in power. I, I seen that Jesus came and did what I couldn't do so I could get up to a new level. My Jesus is, is not weak and defeated on the cross. In fact, I don't have a cross necklace on. I have an empty tomb necklace on. Because my Jesus is not dead in the grave. The cross took my shame. It took my my slave nature but the empty tomb it invited me into new life it invited me to his life you see my jesus does not make bad people good he makes dead people live again if you're a slave you have no life but the moment you've been given freedom you go wow what will i do with this life given this amazing life to live this is why church shouldn't be boring this is why this place should be exciting why not have church in a nightclub? This is a place to party. We're here to party. We're here to celebrate what Jesus did on the cross for our lives. Come on, do you see him? Do you see him as a slave dying? Or do you see him as a king coming and dying on a cross so that we can live, so that we can have life? My Jesus, it's all about Jesus. It will always be about Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Thank you for the tomb. Thank you for the empty tomb. Thank you he's coming back again. It is. It is. It is. It is. Come on, do you believe that? It's finished. It's finished. It's been paid. Then God says, come here. Come here. I'm tired. Of Let's leave that back there. We'll leave that back there. Take off these old garments. Take off these old clothes. Look, where you're going, you need a new outfit. He says, I want you to take off your garments of sadness. I want you to put on garments of joy. This is what our praise is. It's time we stop coming to church and acting dead and acting like we're still wearing these slave clothes. We have been redeemed. We have been bought with a price. We are temples of the Holy Ghost. God lives inside of us. His power reigns. Come on. Come on. And some of you to see this man and this woman stand up there because of our culture, that was difficult. But no matter what our culture does, we are free in Jesus' name. Right? We are free in Jesus' name. And we are walking into a new season in the church where we're going to be arm in arm, hand in hand, saying, God, we walk in freedom together. Look, we don't have, we don't have lines. 
We don't have religious boxes. We're a part of a new kingdom now. Our name has been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We have been given freedom. We've been given freedom from our citizenship in heaven. We are aliens and strangers of this world. Today, would you stand to your feet all over this room? Come on. Come on. Come on. Mighty men of God. Mighty woman of God. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We just, we know that there are people out there with those same words that have been spoken over you, that have been spoken over them. We just break those in Jesus' name. Lord, we know that your blood was enough, God, to cover every word, every wound. Jesus, we just ask in this room that you would move through this crowd. Would you just grab the hand of your neighbor all across this crowd and thank you so much for coming today. Hopefully you received something today of power in your life. You can walk away empowered. One of my favorite scriptures, Jesus says, oh death, where is your sting? Come on, I love that line. Man, that's bad. That's like a gladiator. One of my favorite scenes in the gladiator movie. Anybody like that movie? You don't have to raise your hand, but my favorite scenes is Maximus, he used to be a warrior, got captured, and became a slave. This is, this is a great picture of Jesus. And he's standing there in the arena, and they've been fighting. They've been fighting for their life. And he, and he looks at the guys next to him, and he says, he says, no matter what comes out of that, that next, as long as we stick together, we will survive. Favorite line. Because I feel like that's what I'm having you do right now. He said, as long as we link our shields together, we'll make it through anything that that enemy throws at us. Isn't your shield called your shield of faith? They link their shields together and things are coming. One guy tries to run out and he dies. They link their shields together and, and not even chariots that come against them can withstand the shields that they have. This is what we're doing today. We're linking our faith together, saying, look, we're not going to make it alone. This is why we come to church. This is why we come to church more than Easter. Look, this every week we're open and we want you to become a part of this family. We're, we're inviting you to a family. We're linking our shields together and say, look, we don't make it. We don't make it if, 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 we, if we do this separate. We only make it if we do this together. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? The Jesus we serve does not come to make bad people good, but he comes to make dead people live. If you're in this room under the sound of my voice and you feel dead on the inside, I'm not inviting you to join a club. I'm not inviting you to put Christian on your Facebook. I'm just saying, man, I'm just tired of being dead. It's simple. I'm tired of standing on that slave block. I'm tired of standing outside of God's grace when he already paid for it. I'm, I'm changing my position today. I'm coming under Christ Jesus and I'm letting him be my life. If you're in this room today and you are tired of being dead on the, on the inside and you want life, you came to the right place on Easter Sunday. If that's you, I just want you to squeeze your neighbor's hand, man, and say, I need that. I need that life. I'm so, I, I, I look great on the outside. I got my outfit on, but I just need life. If your neighbor squeeze your hand on the count of three, I want you to lift up their hand like a champion like a champion that's in the arena. Ready? One, two, three. 
Come on, hands are going up all over this room. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see that hand up there. I see those hands back there. I see that hand right there. I see that hand over there. Come on, I see those hands up there. Come on, we can do better than that. I see those hands. Come on. I see those hands. Come on, praise God. Praise God. Hey, let's do this. Let's, let's pray together today with this family. Keep those hands grabbed. We'll say, Jesus, today, we thank you for coming into our lives. Today, we ask you would remove us from the slave market into your grace. Jesus, I receive what you did on the cross for my life. Jesus, forgive me of all my sin. Jesus, I know you gave me the free gift called eternal life. And today, I ask for that life to enter my life. I want to be born again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, can we give a shout of praise for all those? Come on, that's awesome. Thank you for listening. If you have something that you need prayer for, we would love to pray for you. Visit fearlessla.com slash fearless TV to fill out a prayer request or find more information about Fearless Church.